Hello and welcome back to the final episode of We Need Therapy. For our last episode, we take a trip down memory lane and share some of our success stories of this podcast and some of the things we'll miss about each other. And we don't need to talk about mental health. They know what's coming. Yeah. Fucker. But yes, this is our last episode before we go on a big break. Enjoy the show. So, what's it like being a, a married man? Married? Yeah, you, you got married yesterday. Oh, <laughs> that was a good intro. It was great. No, it was to a woman, so I don't think that counts. <laughs> <laughs> so for context, I had my marriage assignment to be a celebrant on Sunday and I invited a couple of my close mates. A couple of your close mates? There's like 25 people there. Just, just a handful. Wow. I would be lucky to have so many friends. You were lucky to be invited. True. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was actually quite anxious going into it. You missed my first performance or first ceremony, but like I was... You could clearly hear that I was nervous. Yeah, I could tell something was going up because I arrived late, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Fashionably late. And then um, I noticed how serious you were taking the whole thing, which was quite funny because there was some interesting props around the room. There was like 20-year-olds dressed up as (laughs) 90-year-olds. Like we had, yeah, a whole bunch of weird kind of wonderful stuff. And you throughout the whole time was like deadpan, like straight at the camera, very like reading off scripts. It was so annoying because as I've said to you before, my assessor for this whole course has been an old grumpy hag. Do you think she's a listener? I don't think she knows how to work technology. Oh fuck. So you've actually, have you spoken with her? I've not spoken with her, but she like marks all my assignments, all the questions and whatnot. And she's like super critical. But I think what gets me is when she's like typing up feedback or like marking, she only types in capital letters. You're kidding. Yeah, so she, Isn't that illegal? <laughs> no, it's like she's shouting at me. Oh, no. And all I can see is a picture of her face and like, let's be honest, she's probably like a 60-year-old chum that you know hasn't really done much in life apart from marry people. Right. So you gave it a crack, did you? Tried <laughs> to hit on her? <laughs> and she rejected me and yeah. that's why I hate her. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, what? But she takes it very seriously and it like- Of course she does. Yeah, she's no. She's a fucking marriage celebrant oh, like Mark. So annoying. Like, imagine what she's achieved in her life <laughs> and then think about why she takes this so seriously. But like yesterday was so much fun and I wanted to get into it, but like there was such strict expectations on how I needed to act during the ceremonies. But everyone else was off the hook. Everyone, fucking everyone was such a rabble. Like, it was so hard to keep a straight face. I had I so was, much fun. I was slut shopping to wet ass pussy. Yeah, yeah, we were going yeah. down the aisle and then I was talking about like basically sucking cock in connections and <laughs> she thinks she'll like that. Well, I uploaded them all last night oh, and I was like, oh, should I edit it? And I was like, no, fuck it. Let's put it through. Like if she can't laugh, I'm going to fail. <laughs> you know, you've got everything to lose. She's got nothing to lose. I love that you're trying to punish her. Oh, I'm so off her. I, I, I cannot explain Why? how much I hate her. But, okay, so what, like, we've talked about this before. There's actually expectations and assignments to be a marriage celebrant. Yeah. What have you had to do? In terms of? Assignments, assessments. Oh, so it's a 12-month course and I'm finally coming to the end of it. Wow. And it's all been like online modules and each online module has like- Can you just click through everything? No, you have to like research it yourself, find the legislation. you say yourself, bit of chat GTV, 
coming to the rescue. My ceremony scripts on the weekend were all chat GPT. I know. I couldn't give a fuck about it. I know. I could fucking tell. (laughs) They were like... It was so bad. Lucy works at a cafe, friends with John, (laughs) met at a grass oval on a sunny Sunday morning, crisp and warm. Like, it was so fucking weird. Those ChatGTP scripts. Oh, I'm just so. Would you it. have stayed in the course if you didn't have ChatGTP? I probably wouldn't be near finishing. That's for sure. It's a Whoa. very. It's just. It's taken up so much time, and like the last month, trying to wrap everything up before I go away, trying to finish this course, trying to do all this work. <laughs> wait, shit as wait. Well. we had a conversation a few weeks ago. Can you tell our listeners like what some of the assessments were and like the scenarios? Like, what would you do if? You were on the way to a wedding. Oh, yeah. What would you do? <laughs> this is how dumb it is. This is there so was about 20 of these, this right? This is so fucked. What would you do if you were on your way to a wedding and your car broke down? Call the RAC. Next question. What would you do if you were at a wedding and a kid started crying? Trick question. Kids are not legally allowed to attend weddings. Next. What would you happen if you were at a wedding and the bridal party were really drunk and loud? Dutch courage. That's what you need to walk down the aisle, babe. Like, if you're getting married to a person of the opposite sex, you need to be either high or plastered because it goes against God. <laughs> <laughs> I would be. Well, I wouldn't be getting married. Oh, I did get married, didn't I? You did get married. You I married, did get married, but I was very drunk. You married so. our beautiful friend, Daz. I know. Yeah. First, you bloody gays take marriage off us, then you take our women off us. What's next? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something else, and I'm going to stop. <laughs> Yeah, because you were in with a chance with Daz and it wasn't until I snapped her up that that really just (laughs) no game. Like, um, Did you have fun? I had a great time. That's good because I was worried that it would be really boring um, and like I had dragged everyone. Look, no offence, the ceremonies itself were quite boring but because I I liked seeing all your friends because you've got very heterogeneous friendship group. Like they're just really spread far and wide. (laughs) What does heterogeneous mean? Everything's different. Oh, I thought it means straight. Like, like homogenous is everything's the same, heterogeneous, everything different. Oh, yeah. So it, it's like it's like a bit of a mismatch walking through your friendship group. And I don't interact with those people anywhere else because I don't think most of them are legally allowed to be out in the community. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when I go to events like that, you see them all together and it's like a patchwork quilt of personalities <laughs> and I love it. Um, so I was kind of walking through the crowd, like all. You're like, is this what it's like to be a common person? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most common of all, so that's good. Well, you met a few people uh, on Sunday who were big fans of you and met you for the first that's time. That's right, there were. Actually. I think it was very disappointing for them. Really, I, I I had such a big head when I got home. I was like, wow, it was so great knowing that I've got all these fans. It's just one. <laughs> <laughs> Hi Tom, how you going? <laughs> Tom, I really enjoyed our several conversations. So, and he followed me on socials. I followed him first. So, oh, there you celebrity go. Celebrity is a celebrity does. <laughs> man of the people. <laughs> man of the men only. Oh, Do God. not want any girls to reach out to me. So funny. I must say, the wedding that you had yesterday was so funny. And we did post it on our Instagram platform if anyone yeah. wants to watch it. What about when I was meant to put the ring on Oh, Daz my God. That was the most you thing ever. I put it on my own finger. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. But it's kind of like I was thinking about it from a psychological point of view. When do you get a ring and ever put it on someone's finger? Like that is the only time in the world where you would grab a ring and thread it onto someone else's finger. What about a cock ring? Oh, so oh. you said finger. Oh. oh, my God. 
<gasps> Are you meant to know what that is? Oh, I guess straight people would use them. I actually, I've, I've heard of it. I actually don't know. Can you explain well, it's, how you use yours? Well, <laughs> well, I'm wondering, like, what sort of videos you've been watching because I think I think all is being revealed in our last episode. <laughs> yes, this it, is our last episode. I've dedicated five minutes to, to Josh's question mark surprise. So do you want to... <laughs> No, I, um, that is an implement that you use during human coitus. I don't I mean, want to say sex. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, prolong your experience for everybody. Straight people use it too, right? Oh, like, look, what does it do? I think there's a lot of things that straight people are technically meant to do, but they don't. I think anything that strangles your knob shouldn't be used. <laughs> this isn't like, we aren't filming in London. Why do you say knob? <laughs> Why don't you say sex? Like, we're clearly using code words today. <laughs> well, I know my mum listens to this podcast, so I'm just like, la, la, la. Yeah. <laughs> just skip skip five minutes. <laughs> it's not. Um, or maybe skip some of the stuff at the end as well that I know you have planned. But, um, yeah, so, no, I got married and, yeah, it was fine. Not legally binding, thank God. Well, not yet. I'm not qualified yet. And after the fucking assignments on Sunday, I don't think I will be. I don't think so either. What are you going to do? Like, what are your big plans for being this licensee of matrimony? Well, first step is to marry people. Sure. And I think that's about the extent of it. Are you going to open a business? Well, I'll have to have a business to marry people. I've got um, a wedding lined up next year and I've had a few people message me wanting me to marry them in the next few months. I'm like, babe, I'm, I'm not qualified How yet. much will you charge? Uh, depends how much I like the person. Wait, so if those people asking you are going to be listening to this podcast. Oh, like for Amy's wedding, I'm not going to charge him. What? Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, the opportunity to marry my best friends, like plus it's my first wedding and yeah, Amy's one of my closest friends, so I wouldn't charge her. Well, can you imagine how nervous you're going to be for her wedding if during the practice with your own friends you were like... Well, I think what made me nervous yesterday was that I needed to maintain a certain persona because I was getting marked. And, like, there was a fucking rabble of people I was trying to herd. It was like herding sheep, right? Mm. I think on the actual wedding it'll be fine. And each as each ceremony went on, it, it got easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, I reckon it would still be quite a scary thing. Probably. How would you, like, you're, you're quite a charismatic guy, you know. I mean, centre of attention kind of springs to mind, but that's also because it kind of came through my mind before I went to yours. <laughs> but, like, how would you... I guess being a marriage celebrant, there's that aspect of like, you're there to serve the other people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what they go through in the course? Well, it's like an Not umpire. to be memorable, basically. Yeah, yeah, like an umpire in sport. The best umpire is one that you don't notice. Yeah. But I've never liked sports, so I'm going to write my own fucking rule book. I like the one, I like the umpire that got smashed with the tennis racket. Oh no, that was a ball girl from the Australian <laughs> Open. That was a good one. I always remember her. And the one that ran into the wall when, like, Djokovic was on. Do you remember that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Those ones are good. No, I think for me... I think you should run into a wall during the... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that big arbor that they have? Yeah. (laughs) No, I think people that hire me as a marriage celebrant, so I'll only ever do friends. Like, I wouldn't do random people. But I think for me... Are we still talking about getting them married or...? I think for me, I'll have a personal, like a, a style and it won't be very serious. Yeah, You'll do the kind of Pinello flair. Yeah, exactly. Filipino flair. So I'll only do people that know what they've signed up for. Yeah. 
It's just yeah. like me in the bedroom. Yeah, well, I was just about to say, there's quite a few jokes you can make there. You could go down the rape angle, you could go <laughs> under rape, it doesn't really matter. But people who do marriage celebrate, oh, whatever, to be a marriage celebrant can be quite a successful business. Mm. And you're, like, you've got the perfect combination of personality and then you've got this knowledge. I think if you were to start marketing yourself for everyone, you could be making some serious money, right? Like, what, how many thousands of dollars per ceremony? One, two, yeah. Thousand? I guess the, like, the range of like a good. marriage celebrant is from three hundred dollars to two thousand dollars. Yeah, well, you'd definitely be up there with the two thousand. I wouldn't get out of bed for three hundred bucks. <laughs> like, well, the, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't. Well, I've sort of thought about where I want to take it, and like, if I were to do a couple a year, I could combine it with like doing MC stuff as well. Lots of different packages, but yeah, I don't want to make any decisions now. I could be really shit for all we know. Well, I was there during the the dress rehearsal and I would have to say that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how fucking hard it is to marry a gay man? <laughs> like, <laughs> to a woman? To a woman. <laughs> if anything, I should get extra marks for that train wreck. <laughs> anyway, that's fine. What's been going on in your life? How many more weeks until... Um, Less than a month to go till I depart. This earth? Like, <laughs> where are you fucking... Tell our listeners where you're going. I think they Six know. feet under? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, four <laughs> weeks until I go to Europe. And this wow. is our last week. To, we have less than a week together because you fly out next. Uh, I'm out in five days, Shit. six days. We're going away this weekend, aren't we? We are. This is going to be like our final trip. Hurrah. We're taking a, a friend of ours going down south. We're taking our redheaded friend. Oh, should we say his name? Is it Simone or Simon? I always forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're going down south for the weekend. So we have a bit more time, but this is our last episode. I think a lot of people will be grateful to hear that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> and we've got no guests today, in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> Imagine if we just had someone to be like, um, hi, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, this is our last episode for, well... Who knows how long? Who knows? We're going to take a break and then... It's been fucking exhausting, especially yeah. the last few weeks. I think yeah. both you and I have been a bit over it. Yeah, because we're we're both trying to wrap up our lives in Perth. I mean, I'm coming back, you know. I'm only going away for five weeks, but there's a lot to do, isn't there? Mm. When you get down to it, because you're trying to finish work, you're yeah. trying to see everyone for the last time. So yeah. like, yeah. So trying to fit this in, do the editing. Yeah, we, to- we basically hate this podcast <laughs> and everybody listening to it. <laughs> no, we've been very grateful. We've had some good guests on recently. We have, and no one's fucking listened to the last few episodes. <laughs> we can see the numbers. There's like two people listening. Our audience is so one pace. All they want to hear about is our relationships and like, <laughs> um, they don't care about this deep shit. No. What do you reckon of the last few guests? Now's your chance to slag them off. <laughs> Your sister? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the worst. No, the one with Tamara was probably one of my favourite ones. I feel yeah, like that really good. captured how we wanted to do things at the start with like that first half of banter and fun and then the second Last half. Last half just hating on straight white men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know why this podcast has turned into an anti-white man podcast. Yeah. Um, also, serious question. Have you felt weird doing a lot of these like feminism topics considering we're both males i, I almost feel like no it's, oh, I've, I've, the answer. <laughs> i had this thought in my head i'm like it's great that we're like giving this platform for really serious issues about women 
and we've had women talk about I it. I know what you're going to say, but they don't fucking shut up when you put them on the mic. <laughs> they just, yep, 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 yep. I'm like, oh, God, like... Get the sticky tape out. Just mm, mm, mm. no, they keep doing. <laughs> no, sorry. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna say how it's like it's still at the end of the day, men giving a voice to women. Oh my god, patriarchy! <laughs> it's the hidden patriarchy. We're part of the problem. Yeah. We thought we were the solution. Turns out we're the problem. It's like literally our podcast is two men talking about women's issues. <laughs> We had the oh. egg freezing one the other day, and I was like, what the fuck is an egg? Well, yeah. I mean, but you equally don't know the same, like, the information and education about your own male anatomy, because you thought they were, a man went into, like, a general to be harvested for sperm. I just find um, the concept so weird that someone goes into a room with a porn magazine and is asked to jerk into a cup, like... You do that most nights, but there's no cup, like... <laughs> I'm sure it's not that weird. Like, we should ask your mum and dad if there's any crusty towels when you were becoming a teenager. Like, I think you've got the concept. You just didn't quite manage to put the two ideas together. You're like, I know there's sperm and I know there's that thing I do, like, after a shower and both of them together. I was going to make a comment about a wet dream and people harvesting then, but I won't go down that path. Oh, God. Oh, God. No, we've had some great guests. Umbra, last week, what did you think of that? Yeah, great. Again, another topic I had no knowledge about. Oh, you haven't opened your own bikini business? Weird. (laughs) I've I've got several on the go. Oh, God. No, it was, it was a great chat, but again, I felt like I brought nothing to the table, which I guess has been the last, what, 30 That's episodes. That's a really consistent theme, <laughs> so I'm glad that, like, you don't want to shock the listener at all. You don't want all of a sudden to pop up and it's like Josh has become informed over the weekend. <laughs> like, <laughs> all his chakras have aligned. Because <laughs> you have started doing yoga, which you told me today. I had no idea. Well, I've been doing yoga for the last six months and I haven't really done it in the last two. Oh, okay. But my, yeah. What do you what what do you like about yoga? What do you get out of it? Like, um, I think it's just good for my body. Like, you know, I've got this back issue, and the last two weeks has been really bad. Mm. And I felt like t- this morning I wanted to go to a yoga class because I haven't gone in a while just to get that stretch. And because how often do people stretch? Like in general? Oh, well, it depends if you do stretching at the gym, but mm. not a like. Lot. I don't know about you, but when I go to the gym and stretch, like it's pretty pathetic stretches. Yeah. Like how often do you do a really intense workout? And yeah, you like don't. Yeah. Touch your toes and leave. Can you touch your toes in standing? Yeah. Wow. I can get nowhere near mine. But I think that's the Asian hip dysplasia. <laughs> One of the benefits of having <laughs> hip dysplasia. <laughs> I don't think it is hip dysplasia. I think it's probably muscle length, but that's like. But you know how like Asians have the, I don't know if it's the structural component of the pelvis, but like we can maintain just and have hold more- that Asian squat. Yeah, you've got more range. Mm. But it's the physio me coming out to be like, it's not a range issue, it's a muscle length issue. Oh, whatever. You're not a physio anymore. You're unemployed. Uh, I still have my registration. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 the medical app for a board didn't take it away from me just because I stopped working. Oh, we're not going to talk about that incident? Are we legally? Oh, <laughs> you are such a dick. <laughs> I'm allowed to do everything everyone else can do. I just can't come within 500 metres of a school. Primary school. <laughs> <laughs> we were both going there. We are both going down the pedophile route. Don't worry. I'm driving the bus. Not literally. Oh, that would be God. Do you know what I think the, um, what I'm most excited about today's episode 
and if we were to continue over the next few weeks, is we that, don't have to talk to anyone else. Well, now that we're unemployed, yeah, we can basically say whatever the fuck we want. Exactly. Because how many times during all these recordings have we been like, oh, we can't say this, we can't talk of this because of our employers? Yeah, and we never swear either. No, and we never talk about <laughs> our sex lives. Well, if anything, there was so much I wanted to talk about your sex life because let's be honest, <laughs> there's not much going on on my end. Oh, okay. There's actually not, there's not a lot going on at my end at the moment because we're both single now. Maybe this is the time when we fall in love with each other. Oh, I think that's extremely unlikely. Okay. And then we just cut to like kiss noises and then <laughs> I keep oh, the podcast no. on. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> that was quick. <laughs> I feel like we laugh a lot more when it's just us. How much are we laughing today? I know. To uh, honestly, it's been so fucking Some boring. of our guests are very serious people and the topics that we go into are very serious. Are very serious. Which I think more so is the issue. Yeah. Why don't we just do that thing that we wanted to do and have like these joke topics on Reddit and go through like biggest red flags, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. I wanted to do a frivolous podcast. Then we ended up doing like mental health mm. and all this other like stuff. And we never got any sponsors. Oh, I can't believe it. That's not a surprise. Wait, we've done all the like low lights. We should probably talk about some highlights of the podcast. Like, Did over- we do the low lights? Well, I just spoke about a whole bunch of negative stuff. <laughs> What have been, over the, the full two, just the podcast only, what have been your proudest moments or the ones that you've enjoyed the most? I This is a wank answer, but really enjoyed being able to give a voice to people who haven't had a voice before, a platform to share their story. Yeah, that is a wank answer. <laughs> have you got no? I enjoy this. What about something you actually enjoy? All right. <laughs> The uh, celebrity status that comes along with putting your your face out there. Yeah, because you met like up with a fan basically for dinner or something, didn't you? Oh, and I'm staying, when I go to Europe in Vienna, I'm staying with a loyal listener of ours, Caroline. Oh, cool. Mm. So that's actually giving you some perks. Yeah, free accommodation. Yeah, don't worry about the like mentally feeling good shit. I want like actual tangible stuff, like a hotel room. Like. Oh, that's cool. Well, I really enjoyed, um, obviously, very egocentric, my episode that I did about coming out. (laughs) But also, it's been really great that a lot of my family listen. It's not that I'm not close with them, but if I don't see them for long periods of time, like maybe they don't live in Australia or they're in Perth and, yeah, maybe they're in my extended family. Yeah, they all know what's going on in my life. They can ask me questions and they feel like, yeah. I'm, they're still like you know connected to me, but it is one way because then when we catch up, I know nothing about them. So it's which a bit, is fine. No, <laughs> I do like to know about. Them. No, that's a very good point, actually. Like it's like I, a one way conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like catch up with people, and it's great because I don't have to talk about myself because they already know what's happening in my life. Isn't that the best part of the conversation, though? <laughs> And like, yeah, a couple of people who've listened, like I've developed much closer friendships with because I think people do see me as this like loud, proud guy Mm. that has no substance to him. Yeah. And now they just know it as fact after listening to the show. (laughs) No, I think the the mental health conversation and being able to share some of my vulnerabilities has been really good for relationships with my family and friends and, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we had that um, episode about drug addiction and some of the the stuff that came with that, which was quite close to home for you. So Mm. I'm sure that was a, like, not a learning experience, but an insightful episode for your family, yeah. Mm. One of the other good things I think about, 
us having a break from this podcast, even though I'm not going to see you for another 12 months, is we actually can start hanging out together again Yeah, that- without the context of like having a microphone in front of us or work. Yeah, true. Because don't you reckon like that's been a big thing the last six months is that yeah. we're only ever talking about work or like talking about a life through a podcast. It'd I be th- nice to just go for lunch again and like, I don't know, what do we usually talk about? I don't know. Usually like the size of your dick and like <laughs> I've been having One sex of your favourite topics. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm secretly in love with you. Yeah, no, that would be cool, but very difficult when you're going to be in Munich. Mm. But we can maybe do like a Skype lunch. You'll be eating like a, I can only think of pretzels and brat her sausages. <laughs> What do they actually eat over there? Just like, meat and potatoes. Really? Mm. And a lot of pork, a lot of bread, which is annoying because I don't really like bread. You don't like bread? No, I don't eat much bread. Wow. But they have like 250 different types of bread. I, I'm in love. I think I want to move to Germany. I fucking love bread. Do you? Oh. It's the best. <laughs> I can see that. You bloody, your waistline. <laughs> I look like the like Pillsbury that. Dome Man at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might be made of bread. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm sure you're going to have a great time in Germany. And we've had a lot of good times the last, what, four or five years that we've known each other. I think it's about five years now. So I said to you, oh, like for this last episode, should we like recount some of our top three memories that we've had together? Yeah, and and I chose three. And the other night, like I was looking through some of our albums and some of the shit that we've done. And I actually got a bit emotional. Aww. I was like, fuck, this is it. We've got six days left together and then bam. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to die, but you are going to Germany for a bit. Yeah, yeah, well, and then you might be going to Sydney. Yeah. So literally these last five days is like it. Yeah. Because if we're not working together or doing anything, we've got nothing in common. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have some stuff in common, but yeah, it'll be difficult to sustain the level of friendship that we've mm. had. So, yeah, well, I was thinking of becoming straight, um, being adopted by a Filipino family and having <laughs> no luck with sex. So we might have more in common than you think. <laughs> that's what, oh, I, that's what I would have to do to maintain the level of yeah, friendship that we've had. <laughs> but you mean, what moments did, did you come up with? Well, I've got a short list of different moments. Oh, God. What's the, uh, have we talked about the earliest memories of each other? Yes. When you were like <coughs> sizing me up, you said you were like some sort of toxic masculinity. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? When was, all right, when was the first moment that you thought, oh, we're friends? Oh, probably last week. <laughs> <laughs> when was the first moment I thought, because it's always that thing with friends. work friendships, right? Where you're like, oh, this person's kind of cool, but like, how do you take it from just like a workplace friendship to like an actual friendship? I don't know. Like, I don't remember the first time we hung out. Was it one of your parties? Because you used to have quite infamous parties. Uh, Yeah, that's one of them. But I think the first moment or the first time that we hung out outside of work was, I think, my friend Maddie's 21st birthday where we went on a boat party. Oh, yeah, that was really good. Mm. Yeah, that was probably it. And then that ended up with you taking me to Pride that night because you just broke up with one of your boyfriends. Yes. I rem- yeah. Well, I wasn't in poly back then. <laughs> I just dated one person, but I've had a lot of boyfriends, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think that was the first time that we hung out out of work and I was like, oh, okay, this guy's all right, I guess. 
you okay lies i bet you thought that when we were in work because i'm very cool but yeah no i think that was true we went swimming with uh do- seals remember that 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 boat had seals anyway this yeah is, some sort of marine animal yeah <laughs> really marine animal <laughs> it's a weird way to do this not not untrue some sort of whale in the ocean that was me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um well yeah that was a good one I've, I've thought of another one. This is actually one of my three. I know you've got like loads, but you had a party once and I'm pretty sure we were in the cubby house, that wooden cubby house. Oh, yeah. And you had like that goon IV catheter bag. That's right. Yes, uh, that was uh, Strapped a around party. your leg. Because I had that incident getting... where I was pissing out blood, right? Oh, is that what it was? And then that's why we did a dress up. And it was, was it red wine or something? No, the theme was anything but cups. So people had to rock up to the house with some sort of vessel that holds liquid. And yeah. I bought a catheter bag. That's right. I've got a, I think I've got a photo of like someone drinking out of your catheter. <laughs> How fucked is that? It's not attached. But. Well, that, yeah, I think the other thing that really brought, brought us close together was those COVID lockdowns. Yeah. Like mentally, you and I capitulated and we basically tried to break every rule we could to not go into lockdown. Yeah, that's right. We basically just didn't do it properly. I think no, I think co- like COVID forced us to hang out together <laughs> because like you were the only friend that I knew that was like couldn't give a fuck about COVID and getting sick. Oh my god, we were like we were like Trumpism before it was cool. Well, the amount of times I hung out at your house or we'd hang out like at the park or anything and I- Yeah, that's true. There was a lot of like, yeah. See, if COVID didn't happen, we wouldn't be close friends. And there was a, remember the boundaries, like five kilometres from your house. We lived like 35 <laughs> kilometres away and we'd happen to just like be at the same park, like walking by. Oh, <laughs> but everybody right. did it. Everyone fucking did it. I don't like, know. My friends were very paranoid about me for the first two months because I had, we had been exposed to COVID. Or is it because you're Asian and they're racist? <laughs> like, because remember the whole China flu thing? Yeah, true. I didn't so, even think about that variable. You know, there's that. And you ended up going down south like a couple of times. Yeah, no, but I had a, I had permission. I had a signed work slip that allowed me to go between Bustleton and Perth. And remember when our first <laughs> job didn't let us see clients? And like, we that was great. Through. I was lobbying for them to make that permanent. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's got nothing to do with COVID. But I don't want to see these people anymore. Oh, all those sessions that we did over telehealth and that kid that had the Nazi gas mask. Oh, it wasn't a Nazi mask. <laughs> It was a gas mask. Yeah, we did it. We <laughs> that was such a for joke. context. Me and Josh had like three months where we weren't allowed to see clients face to face, and we had to deliver services online. And there was one of our clients who, doing pediatric therapy when the parent is not in the room or maybe even at home, trying to engage a like three to fucking, I don't know, 14 year old online is quite difficult. Not that a three year old should be left online by themselves. <laughs> so I just put that out there. But there's definitely like, I had some clients like five, uh, sorry, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 on the computer by themselves trying to listen to a therapist be like, close that game. Like come yeah, back yeah, here. Yeah. Oh, that kid that, I think a kid once left our session for 15 minutes because he was eating McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And all we could hear him in the corner was going, <laughs> That, that was actually me. <laughs> I was eating <laughs> as well. Oh, uh, another yeah. really great work memory I have, and I'm going to show you the picture, and I know people can't see this, but it's so funny. This is a client that we've had that was very difficult to work with and, like, worked in a group home. Mm. Anyway, like, you and I had seen him and 
you know. Oh, I know who it is. Anyway, I have a picture here. Can you remember this picture? Oh, no. Yes, I do. So, so I'm, let me describe it. There's a manual wheelchair and I'm vacuuming the chair and I've got gloves on. So <laughs> something's happened. Did he like, did he have a bowel movement in it? Well, I think he had numerous bowel movements in it that, to the point where the poo had fossilized and you and oh, I were like, this person right. cannot be sitting in this. So we threw away his cushion and you started vacuuming the poo scraps from yeah. his wheelchair. No one else is going to do it. <laughs> it was so funny. I'm pretty sure that we gave- I'm surprised you did it. Yeah, I am surprised actually, but yeah. But you do have these fleeting moments within disability. Benevolence. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we threw that cushion. When we left the appointment, we put it in the bin because it was just soiled. Oh, he got it out of the bin again. Shocking. It's just terrible. One of the moments that I had was that time we went to Rotness and I made you take LSD. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to keep that in, but I actually don't care anymore because I, <laughs> no, can't. I'm i not employed. We've had a lot of fun times at Rotness. The first one that I remember with you is that we did a photo shoot together in one yes, of the private beaches. Yes, with Joe. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. Because I, yeah. I needed Tinder photos and then I don't know why you needed those photos, but we did like a full-on photo shoot. Absolutely. And I must say for the one straight man that listens to this show, if you need good photos for mm-hmm. Tinder... Have a gay best friend because they know how to capture the angles. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. But anyway, on that eventful day, it was a different Rotness trip. Yeah, I was having some emotional turbulence. I thought we'd, yeah, as you'd say. And I thought the only way to steady the seas would be to take LSD, <laughs> which doesn't really make sense. But I was hoping for like some sort of mindfulness. Well, what moment. I remember was um, we were snorkeling, right? Mm. And I was like, oh, like, this is a fun day. And you're like, open your mouth. And I was like, what? <laughs> and when I said what, you were like, yonk. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You've got to tell people what I put in your mouth. <laughs> because when you say yonk, I'm like, okay. And then you were like, what? <laughs> Chomping down on it. It's a bit salty, isn't it? <laughs> Say what I- <laughs> but no, you had put like a little, I don't know what you call it. Um, I don't, I don't, yeah. Well, I do know. Well, I, it was it's like a, a tab. It's like a, a priest that gives communion. Like in you a, had put it in my mouth just in like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In and then you're way. like, don't swallow. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fuck, this is so sexual. Put it in my mouth <laughs> like a priest. Say don't swallow. I mean, the co- this podcast was always very smutty. I think it just got to the next <laughs> fucking level today. This is what happens when we're unemployed. But anyway, that was the first time I'd ever dabbled in something like that. And I remember we went snorkeling. That was great. And Lots of colours. Lots of colours. But I had one of those cheap snorkels that you buy from Paddle and Flipper on Rotnest. And I remember at one stage, the one of the eyes of the snorkel had fallen off while I was snorkeling. I don't remember this. Really? Yeah. You do not remember this. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, this was like 10 minutes after. I was like, holy shit, it's kicked in. Like, is this happening? <laughs> Meanwhile, my Half eyes my- getting like <laughs> waterboarded with salt water. <laughs> Half my face is wet. Like, what is, is happening? It, is this what happens when you take acid? <laughs> Like the glass eye had fallen out. I didn't know what was real or not. Uh, you don't remember that? Not really. And so I had to leave the water and I had I to go all the way back. I remember you going back to paddle and flip Yeah, because the snorkel had broken. Because I went yeah, to you yeah. and I was like, is this is like, is this actually happening? Is this like broken? You're like, babe, <laughs> no, it's it been five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't kicked in yet. 
Yeah, no, we had a lot of fun that trip. And then we went up to one of the private beaches and Ooh, we sexy. Well, we had some jam donuts. Do you want to tell that story? <laughs> Not really. I don't remember what happened. I know that I was choking on a jam donut. A I, jelly donut. I don't remember why I was laughing so much. Because you were fucking high as fuck. Uh, no, but something happened. Don't you remember? Like oh. we had a moment and we both laughed and I was eating. And then from then onwards, I was choking and <laughs> laughing. Um, I don't remember what happened, but I Oh my God, I just remembered. And then I spat it out in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we went like looking for seashells. No, because you're walking up and down the beach, right? And all these rocks on rottenness, you're like screaming because you're tripping bowls. And it, you're like, ah, it's like the mummy's coming out of the rocks. Like, oh, yeah, that's You were fully right. freaking out and I was pissing myself laughing. And I was like, look, calm down. Just have some of this jam donut. That's right. And I said, thank you for the jelly donut. And then I, and then I thought, well, I've never said the word jelly donut before in my <laughs> life. And I started laughing and then I started choking. And then I spat it after like, I was crying because oh I was laughing so much. God. I probably wasn't in any danger of dying, by the way. Um, and I spat it into the water and then we were like, wow. And then we went for a big walk. And then five minutes later. We came back and it floated by my <laughs> knee, the, the, the jam slash jelly donut. And the only other thing I remember of that trip was coming back on the ferry and we had ran into two people that I knew. The ferry, like the the swell was massive. Oh, that like would make boat. anyone seasick, whether you're on drugs or not. Yeah, yeah. Like, the boat was like super intense and like I was really intense and I was like, fuck, is this happening? <laughs> like I was freaking out. I was looking at you. I was looking at these friends and I was like, is this is this boat cooked or like, am I? <laughs> <laughs> I remember being really relaxed. I must have been fine. Oh, that's um, crazy. Yeah, that was a good one. What other moments have you got? Um, the spirit summoning that we did in Durian Bay. Oh, that was good. Seance. That was cool. so much. That I was a very up, fun weekend. What up the Ouija board. That was a great weekend. But yeah, you got no. sick and you left after a night. I had the worst tonsillitis in the world. You know, when I got back to Perth, I was a co- like, I vomited up blood. Ugh. It was so bad. I think it was a seance. A demon was living in my throat. <laughs> what was his name? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I remember was when we did that photo shoot on the beach, which I feel like is going to be in yours, but that photo shoot on the beach down south in Yelling Up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, we've fun. done a lot of down south trips, actually. Yeah, that was that was fun. We had, yeah, two two good friends with us. Two tag-alongs that shall we not, not be named. Oh, and then we, um, we accidentally stole. When you say accidentally. Well, we ran away. <laughs> <laughs> well, we tried to pay. I should put out there. How hard did we try to pay? All right, context. We went to this winery yep. that sold espresso martinis. Yeah. And the espresso martinis were really fucking shit. Terrible. And we thought that they had given it to us for free because we walked in and they're like, would you like a martini? And no, I don't think we did. I think we ordered them. No, I don't think we ordered them. No, we did. Beck did ordered we? them. Oh. Well, I thought anyway, I went to pay for mine and they were like, there's no espresso martinis on that table. And I was oh, like, no. Did you try to pay? I, I did try to pay. I walked out because I knew that we didn't want to pay for it because the girls were like, I ain't paying for this shit. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh, I tried to pay. Oh, did you? Yeah. Good oh. Samaritan. Well, I remember we like- I'm we, sure they did. They put them on the wrong table. 
I'm sure that's what happened. Maybe. But I would never have walked away if they were We had left, and because we had that pregnant girl with us, that was our chauffeur for the day, mm. she was driving us, and we put on Taylor Swift's getaway that's car. That's right, because we were running screaming like <laughs> fucking idiots. I mean, this was like only a few years ago, and I thought I was acting like a 16-year-old girl, but oh, that God. was fun. Final ones to finish? COVID lockdown party, that first one in North Perth. Yeah, that was fun, but that was we're good. not going to talk about that. The therapy focus balls. Yes, that's true. They were true. so much fun. The first year I came runner-up and the second year you won. Yeah, that's true. We got our People's Choice Award, basically a popularity contest. Mm, and I fucking came second. Did Ridiculous. You? No, you didn't even place. It was out of three. Yeah, the and top one- three. <laughs> How do you uh, know you came second though? Did you see that chick, that, that other chick that didn't win? Carly. Oh, yeah. You can't say she that. She definitely would have been third. Oh my God. <laughs> Psychic dinners. Oh, yes. But we did a psychic dinner when I yeah couldn't remember the exact time I was born. And then she did like a lunar chart anyway for 10 p.m., which is what I just guessed. And she tried to say that you were confused about something from your childhood and it was like sexuality related. Oh. And that's when you were like, no, nah, this chick's a fraud. I don't remember that, but oh, it's okay. Um, and yeah, all those down south trips. Very And good. obviously this podcast was a really great memory. You know what? Like this is kind of like a semi time out. I was just thinking like, this is so interesting for us, but it must be very boring for the listener. Sorry, we've got no listeners. <laughs> yeah, who fucking cares? You guys don't even listen. So my German trip is coming up very quickly and I'm so unprepared. Oh, Wiedersehen. But I've gotten to that stage where I'm very excited now. Yeah. So my the first month I'm there, I'm traveling with two of my close friends, Jara and Ash is coming. Oh, cool. So that's oh, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, our friend, uh, she's been on the show. I know. I was like, when she was like, yeah, I'm going to Germany with Josh. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, so I'm super excited by that. But I must say my um, my mental health has been a bit all over the place the last month. Uh, uh, what's been happening? Uh, my sleep has been shocking. Like I'm probably getting maybe four hours sleep a night, really restless sleep. Uh, do you use sleeping pills? Yeah, yeah, I've been taking melatonin. Whoa. I've been trying to take the rest of it that you told me to take. Oh, fuck, you make me sound like a junkie. It's over the counter, <laughs> everyone. <you> Mum, <laughs> it's over the counter. Like, it's fine. That is really strong. I only use that when I'm like, really? Like, a, yeah, wow. Yeah, it's been pretty exhausting. But I think it's this anticipatory anxiety. Mm. Like, I wouldn't say that I'm freaking out because I'm so excited about this trip. Like, mentally, I've checked out from work. You were um, checked out years ago. <laughs> you hadn't even yeah, booked the trip. But yeah, it's just the moment my head hits the pillow, my head's just like thinking about all these different things that one, I either need to finish up and do before I go, whether it's like stuff to do with the podcast, stuff to do with work, stuff to do with the celebrancy course, people I need to see. And then it's also thinking about all these different scenarios in Europe, but within a positive framework. So, yeah, it's just this interesting stage that I'm going into before I go. Like, the fact that this time in a month, I'm not going to be here in Perth Mm. is crazy. It's a crazy thought. It's a crazy thought for you, but very welcome thought for everybody else that hangs out with you (laughs) here, I must say. Are you having, like, anxiety? Is that what it feels like? Well, I, I definitely had anxiety about the trip probably three months ago. And I think I did tell you at the time to the point where I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, you did mention that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think when it comes to emotions like anxiety, anxiety and excitement can fascinate in very similar ways. Right. Particularly around like the flight of ideas that you have. And I don't know if there's any literature behind this, but I have a theory around anxiety. You're the 
perfect person to have a theory around anxiety because you've got lots of qualifications. <laughs> Keep going. Well, a lot of people are like, how do you think so quickly and so wit- wittingly? And I'm like, I-, I feel like with my anxiety, my brain fires so quickly, thinks about all these different scenarios mm-hmm. that I've almost, in a bad way, my brain has been trained to, I don't know, you give me a word or a topic, I'd think about all these different things because of the experience of anxiety that I've had growing up trying to predict lots of different outcomes to situations. Yeah, so when it gets to a stage where I'm excited about something because those neural pathways are so strong and being able to think about so many different ideas, oh, okay. that's when that can be quite overwhelming and consume your thoughts. But it doesn't present as anxiety. It presents as excitement, but your brain just can't switch off. Mm, I mean, it, yeah, I get what you mean. Like your outlook is still positive. Would you say it's having a negative effect on some areas of your life though? I would only say to do with sleep because when, like, I don't get a good night's sleep, it affects me throughout the day. Yeah, I reckon not sleeping. Like, you say, oh, that's just, like, one thing, but, like, it affects every part of your waking mm. day. So it must be really difficult and It's like I don't you. go to the gym in the morning. And I think, like, the back, pain, down. the back pain that I have right now, I think oh, is very pain symptomatic. Pain is really linked to sleep yeah. and feelings of fatigue. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So what are you going to do about that? <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm like, yeah, that's interesting. Well, you're my chemist. Do you have any medications for me to take? LSD. <laughs> no, I, I rarely take LSD. It's just like a few times in my life. You've happened to be there for two of them. <laughs> yeah, that, that does sound really difficult. Do you do meditation to help you like, because I thought you used meditation to help you relax a little bit. Yeah, I've had working? to use it quite a lot the last week. But yeah, sometimes it doesn't work. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's just so hard to switch off. What about that tactile app that you were promoting? That turned out to be a, sh- a sham. Have <laughs> <laughs> you said you were holding your phone and imagining going for a walk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, part of, that's one of the um, options that you could do through that meditation. Maybe you app. need to like have more of a sensory experience to like, push the phone right to the centre of your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> like... Push it to your chest. <laughs> I need a deeper sensory experience. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where my head's at. I'm excited. That's for sure. Yeah. I think that's I normal. think I'm ready. Uh, yeah. Because you've been thinking about this for a long time. Mm. But yeah, it would be difficult to switch off. And maybe when you get to Germany, you're going to feel this like, well, maybe when you step on the plane, you'll feel this release of like, okay, well, it's a one-way trip now. Like, yeah. well, not a one-way trip. We will come back. But like, you know, like that, those feelings of finality might really set in. Mm. What about you? Where's your head at? So I've had a difficult few weeks, definitely. Like my relationship's been over for a while, but we're no longer speaking, which makes it pretty difficult. Like at all? At all. Zero. Jesus. Zilch. Yeah, so that makes it really hard because I felt like there was always that line of communication there, particularly to both my partners, my ex-partners, but also like their kids. I still wanted to maintain some level of connection with them because, yeah, we'd been together for almost three years, so it's quite a bit of time. Um, Yeah, so I I don't know. I feel quite lonely because I'm living by myself now and I am unemployed so, yeah, the last week has definitely been huge periods of time not interacting with anyone. Um, yeah, so it's quite lonely, like I would say. And some nights are really difficult where I feel, I don't know, the emotions that come with being alone. Like, mm. For me, that's often sadness and feeling hollow. And it's an interesting concept that when you say loneliness, because I know 
experiences that both you and I feel at times, but from the outside in, we see a couple of people every day. People wouldn't look at us and be like, oh, that's a lonely person. Mm. But it, it's hard to describe. It's a different feeling, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like where I'm very extroverted. So for me, I feel like at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, if you're alone, then loneliness is kind of constant. Like, but, um, I, you know, I spoke to my psych about it and I said to him, like, I feel really alone. I'm trying to work through it. Like I'm trying not to book up constant like appointments every hour on the hour so that I don't have to feel being alone. And I said, I know that you told me not to do that. And he's like, yeah, no, that is, I would still encourage you to make gaps in your day and not like resist the temptation to feel them straight away. So I've been doing that a little bit more. He said there's likely to be benefits that reveal themselves over time that you just can't plan for. So that's what I'm doing. And in my trip around Northern America, I've booked cities and stays where I know nobody in that city. So like I'm going to Montreal for four days. I don't know anyone in Montreal and I have, and it's like the middle of the week. So I don't think there's going to be huge, exciting things on, but I'm just going to make it work. Like, and I feel really excited about that. Like I, I guess part of it's a little bit scary, but part of it's like, huh, like, yeah, I totally can do this. And I think maybe something that you might be rediscovering is like when you travel, all the things you have to plan for, like, you know, I'm, I'm flying in and out of Toronto on days. I'm coming in via train. I'm going to New York city, like within, you know, a few hours, like, you know, look like all those skills that you forget how to do when you live in a city, working out two distances on the other side of the world. Like how far away are they? Like how much is an Uber? Can I get the bus? Like mm. it's a whole bunch of the, all these skills that are just like coming back to me now. And yeah. I'm quite excited about that. I think there is a difference between being lonely here at home versus lonely overseas, right? There's this almost sense of excitement that I can do things over there that I can't do here to fill my time. Yeah. And then also your cognitive space is occupied by other things that you wouldn't have to consider here around what am I going to do today? Like how do I, how yeah. do I get to this place? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. All of that stuff's going to be exciting. I probably do the same shit I do here, like sit in the hotel room and eat Netflix and chicken wings or something, <laughs> but you know, it'll be, it'll be more cultured because yeah, it'll be yeah, a different yeah, yeah, type yeah. of KFC. Yeah, I can't wait to see your Instagram stories of you traveling. I think it's going to be different. Like there's going to be the, I'm going to two pride festivals, but then there'll be big gaps of time where, you know, I imagine I'll be on my eat, pray, love journey. Like I'm going to look like Julia Roberts. Are you um, going to come back and say that you found yourself overseas? Uh, I don't know, maybe. Because I know that's what happened with me last year when I went to Europe. Well, you were kind of like banging on about Europe for ages and then you did the you did the reels when you got there. So then you came back and said, wouldn't shut up about it. So it was just like the never-ending story. So these next 12 months are going to be totally palatable for all you fans out there. What's your socials going to look like? I open a TikTok account, Joshy in Germany. I think you could get as big as like Darcy did with 80,000 followers. Oh, easy. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, like I've been doing a bit of thinking about mental health and just a bit of reflecting about my own experiences. I feel like I've had a few brushes with sadness and feeling low. And I think in the context of my relationship ending and a few things with my job, that's totally normal. But one of the things that I can't help but think about is that my outlook for the future is still very positive. I'd say overwhelmingly positive. 
even though I've had these moments where I felt really down. And I have been doing a bit of reading about, well, different conditions like depression and anxiety. And I often wonder, like, why don't I have depression? Like, why don't I feel like I have depression now? And why, like, I, I feel very stressed, but I still don't feel anxious. I kind of been trying to discover that a little bit with my psych. I know I've been, you've been on many conversations where we've had friends that talk about one of those two topics. And I say often, what does it feel like? Like, I want to know, do I have it? And I, st- I, st- I still don't think I do. Why do you feel like you're searching for clarity in terms of that? I don't know. I think I'd always prefer like, you know, like a diagnosis, like to put a label on it. I don't but know. Why? What, does, what would that add to your life if you were able to say, oh, this is what I'm experiencing right now? I think because I would then have a bit of a pathway about like a guidebook of what to do, like not necessarily going from A to B, but like a list of strategies that might help. Um, And I'm just curious about my own mental well-being now, more so than I've ever been in my life after this breakup, which I think is normal. I think you do do a lot of reflecting, um, but particularly about my mental health, I've never really considered it because I have hand on my heart very thankfully not had a mental health condition I've never experienced anything where I've thought oh this is not normal like I don't feel right or um, everything just seems very transient like mm. I just experience kind of normal range of emotions like feeling sad feeling happy feeling angry feeling at peace yeah but I think when it comes to mental health you use the word normal range of emotions but you only ever know what you experience, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is why I'm trying to like understand what other people experience. Because from what I read about depression and anxiety, there are certain traits. Well, I know there are certain traits because that's how they're diagnosed. But they're someone with anxiety or depression. They have, you know, an outlook that other people with depression and anxiety share, mm. right? And I'm trying to work out, do I share the same things, the same experiences that they do? Yeah. But how, how often do we see, like, I don't know, multifaceted diagnoses just from people that we've worked with where, like, you know, there's some depression there, there's some anxiety. But if you were to sit down and analyse them on paper, you know, it, it doesn't really fit this sort of rule book around these are the symptoms that people with anxiety or these are the pe- symptoms that people with depression have. Well, there because, has to be a, diagno- a diagnostic one. But it, it, I think it's it's a lot more flux than you think it is, right? Like Probably, you know, I've got a diagnosis of anxiety, but really, you know, a GP has just written that down on my mental health care plan. Do I actually experience, you know, a DSM-5 version of what anxiety is? Probably not. I don't think my symptoms are as severe as, say, you know, my cousin who's got anxiety in his own mental health. Yeah, that's true. I like. I believe there's a range of, of intensity of symptoms for sure. Mm. And like, I don't know, like I could go through periods where I'm feeling super anxious, Mm. but then I also agree with you in saying, you know, I really am grateful of what's in my life. I know what my future has installed for me and it's really exciting, Mm. but that doesn't mean I can't feel anxious in this specific point in time. But for me, I'm, I feel like I'm trying to pinpoint what does anxious feel like? Because... I agree with you. Like I I sit with you for like most of that time. But when you have those moments where you're like, I can't switch off or I feel like there's something wrong with the world or something is impending. It's like, I'm trying to understand, do I have that? Mm. Is what I'm, yeah. I'm not so worried about the flat or the highs. It's like those peaks that I'm like, Oh, whatever it is. Or the troughs, whatever it is. Yeah. 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 
um, particularly around depression, I feel like, because I have felt sad. But one of the things that I keep coming back to is like, it just all feels very temporary. And I think there is a bit of, well, I know there's a lot of discussion about the difference between a transient, like a temporary um, feeling of like, oh, I went through a breakup and that kind of sucks yeah. versus like... A clinical diagnosis Yeah, and of I depression. think some people get, from what I understand, they get caught in a track that keeps going of like, they can't quite break that cycle. Yeah. So anyway, that's why I'm always constantly asking people about their mental health and for them, their kind of visceral experiences. I, yeah, I'm quite fascinated with it at the moment. Yeah, it's been a real thing for you the last maybe six months right yeah i've uh, had a lot of like little projects on the go mm, mental kind of like cognitive space yeah I, I don't know i just find it really fascinating that you know you're wanting to see this tangible this is what this is this black and white this is what this is this is what you are this is what i have yeah i mean the world is black and white right that's exactly <laughs> what we're going through yeah there's no brown people no <laughs> gray i was gonna go with gray okay <laughs> i don't know i feel like when it comes to mental health even like doing mental health units at uni, like there's no fucking black and white about anything, whether it's treatment pathways, mm. whether it's diagnosis, like, mm. yeah, I don't know. True. I think for me, I just, I just don't see it as black and white. I just see it as individual experiences. Yeah, um, that's probably true. And maybe that's what I'll come to understand. Maybe mm. I'm just not as far along that journey as you are. Well, I think it's also the way that you've been trained as a physio, right? You're very, like the way that you go through uni is very like structured, in yes. a way, like these are the symptoms, this is the condition, this is the treatment pathway. Whereas I think for me as an OT, we're taught like, you know, this is the condition. These are all the different ways that this condition can present. These are all the different solutions. It's very wishy-washy. Mm, that does sound like OT. Mm. Mm. Yeah, probably right. And maybe it's, I think it's also because of my own experiences in life have been, yeah, I mean, I haven't experienced a huge amount of things that would cause very stressful situations. Um, and I've been lucky in but that. But you say regard. that, but like, I don't know, in the last six months even, you've had a near-death experience. Like you had Oh a, yeah, that's true. Maybe, th maybe that's what this all is. You've had a pretty traumatic breakup. Yeah, that that's true. has really affected you. You've quit your job. Yeah, that's true. May I have gone through a lot of life changes. There's significant life changes that have happened for you in the last six months. Yeah, that is true. Your I guess only friend's leaving you next week. <laughs> that's making me feel really good. <laughs> but it's how you deal with all those things, right? Mm. Like, yeah, I guess you can have a significant life event, but it's it's your coping strategies and your mechanisms and, and also your identity and how much that is affected by what's happening. Mm. So maybe it's there's other things at play. I mean, I don't think they're the most severe things in the world, but maybe to some, another person they would be really you know, significant. Yeah. But yeah, I have had a lot of life changes and someone once described it recently as like, oh, you really like ripping the Band-Aid off, don't you? And I was like, I quit my job. And they were like, what is going on? Yeah, I don't know. I just, and I think it's also turning 30 last year and thinking like, you know, it's a milestone, because I remember when my, you know, my mum had myself, myself and my sister, you know, younger in life. My mum's 30th birthday. I, was, mm. I think I was eight years old. So I remember that quite clearly. And now I'm 30. Yeah. And I think, whoa, what if I had an, an eight-year-old? Yeah. Whatever. I think there's like some sort of time wormhole involved in that scenario. But yeah, like I'm thinking, wow, what if I had two kids? Like, what would that look like? Mm, it's an interesting thought. I think, yeah, the number 30 is such a milestone number because, you know, the 20s, you fuck around. It's a, basically you're trying to find your identity. 
you're I at that stage in your life now where you're like, okay, this is who I am. I feel like it, I feel like, is it a milestone? I feel like it is for me because I'm so egocentric. Like, I feel like every birthday that comes around, I'll be like, oh, 40 is a big one. And then 50, I'll be like, 50 is a big one. But I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think it probably is a huge milestone as much as like 18 and 50 are, right? From a celebration point, yeah, I agree. But I think in terms of a life checkpoint, a lot of people hit that three zero and almost have a rethink. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you're expected to be slightly more serious than you are in your twenties. Mm. But then I would have I think society's society's expectations have shifted. Like I think that transition twenty or thirty years ago would have happened between nineteen and twenty, right? Or am I just thinking that because I wasn't around back mm. then? Like is a is a distortion from time, like because I wasn't experiencing it. I don't. I'm not sure, but I feel like I don't know. Young people are like so much more frivolous now. Then you get to thirty, and you're pretty much still off the rails until you get to forty, and then it's like, okay, now you've got a mortgage. So where do you see the next twelve months for you then? I have no idea. Like after this holiday trip, I'm gonna do like a bit of like soul searching on my holiday. My I feel adventure. like this year for you is a soul searching transition year. Yeah. Hopefully next year I like really settled down or something. I don't know what's like happening. most aspects of your life now change have yeah. changed. And if they haven't changed, I've actually changed them myself. And that's a lot to process. Where is the stability in your life right now? Um, I guess it's it's just where you find it. Like it depends on what you consider to be stability. Like for some people, waking up every day, morning and night, like. That is stability. Mm. And other people, it's going to a job and having a mortgage or being in, in full-time employment and checking in every day. Stability for someone with a small business would be like really variable. So I think it depends on where you're sitting. For me, I've been going swimming every day. <laughs> like that feels, and I'm, I'm meditating. To me, that feels really stable. Mm. So I guess I'm not really searching for that. I'm searching for... I guess the the deeper things of who I am, like my psyche and my mental well-being and yeah. what my goals are. Yeah. But I, well, I think the point of that question was to say that, you know, you've gone through this intense period of change, mm. your security in terms of career, accommodation and relationships. Yeah, 12 yeah. months ago compared to now are in completely different, different spaces. Yeah, different. And like you go through one of those big three changes mm. in life and there is this lag time of trying to find yourself you fucking cut the cord and <laughs> done all three. So I don't think you should be too hard on yourself. I think what you're going through right now is very normal. Mm. All these things have changed and you're trying to reestablish, you know, where your homeostasis is really. God, that's a word I haven't heard since year 10. That's great. But no, I, yeah, I agree. I'm not worried about it. Like this is the thing. I think when you've been in something that, you know, whether it's a relationship or a job or whatever, living situation for several years, it, it all feels very similar. I, I actually feel really excited about it. I think the thing that I find most fascinating is when I tell people, like I explain to people what my situation is because we've got a lot of shared friends and we've been seeing them recently because we're both leaving for extended periods of time and everyone's like, what, what are you doing? Like what's going to happen in the future? And I'm like, I don't actually know. Like isn't that, doesn't that just feel so exhilarating to you? Mm. Like I don't know what I'm doing. I think people are always like, oh, but what about your job? Like, what about your mortgage? And I'm like, 
I always have the same response. Like, don't worry about like my financial situation. Like, let me figure that out. Like, yeah. you, you, don't, you don't need that stress. I'm going to take it off you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, you know, your job's always going to be there. A mortgage is always going to be there. Yeah. Why don't we try and do something different in life instead of following the norm around? People in their 30s, they settle down, they have kids, they stay at the same old job that they hate. It is a norm, but it's only a norm for like middle-class people in Australia. Mm. If we lived in a different country, our 30s would look totally different. Or we, or if we lived in a different part of this country, if we were in a rural population or we came from a different cultural background, I'm pretty sure our 30s wouldn't be like working in a professional job and having a house and a mortgage. Exactly. Like, but, you know, it's all relative. that's the norm if you, you choose to stay here, right? Yeah. And maybe a bit of that is you and I are trying to escape that. Oh, yeah. We're totally trying to escape. But, like, lean into it. At mm. least I know what it is. Yeah. And it's just money. Like, you can't take it with you. I think the way that I've lived my life the last couple of years, who knows how long that's going to last for. <laughs> I'm talking about my life, not the money, but probably both. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Well, yeah, that wraps up today's episode. And yeah. this will be the last episode that we have for quite a while. Yes. Um, I'm sure we'll try and experiment with doing a couple of episodes while I'm away or maybe over Christmas when we get back, but... We don't want to put any time frames on that. Yeah. A few people have suggested like, why don't you do it over Skype or whatever? And it's like, why don't you do it over Skype? (laughs) Like I can't be fucked doing it anymore. (laughs) But no, we have, (laughs) no, but I feel like maybe we'll do some Christmas reunion stuff when you come back or yeah, we'll probably give Skype a go, but you know, we will be on opposite sides of the world. So it's a little bit tricky. Yeah. Yeah. We might have maybe one or two attempts. Yeah. Don't hold us to that. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. But yes, thank you everyone for listening. It's been an incredible, what, almost seven months now that we've been doing this. (laughs) It feels like seven years. (laughs) Like, (laughs) but thank you for coming along on this journey and yeah, we'll chat to you soon. Bye.